1: This is Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Top Cosmos, leading-edge conversations, awakening the authentic self to empower soul growth. And today is August 7th, a Sunday. And thank you for listening and being part of our audience. We do love you. And if you have any comments about our conversation, you can call in. The number will be running later on. Today, we are talking about Some dynamic planetary aspects. Find your freedom. Nope, that was back last month. Actually, it's the the future. We, (laughs) You know what? I don't know if I'm before or after, but it is Planet Buzz. And we're going to be talking about Uranus with the conjunction with... The North Node, which has been going on for some time. And we'll talk about it more. Right now, we're ready for Planet Buzz. And thank you
2: very much. Focusing on
0: planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship. These are the members of Planet Buzz.
1: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I work as a spiritually-oriented psychological
2: astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a PhD in human science, my doctoral thesis, titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination, explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives.
1: And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so so above, as above, so low. Hi, Doctor Tad, Laura. Yes, it's good to be back. It is. It's a treat. I must say, you have been with me on this show now for I think two years. A long time. Oh,
2: way more than that. Yeah. Since, oh, goody. Yeah, but in because we talked about it at UAC, which was 2018.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. So it's yes, been yeah. Been. Oh, you've been on for four and a half years. That's true. But I was thinking Planet Buzz has been on for a good, maybe three years of that. So this is good. Yes. But it doesn't seem like it, just like a good relationship. It's like, hmm, it's amazing. (laughs) Well, I do have the title for today. It's Awakening the Future, (laughs) which seems very appropriate that I might be part of that tribe to wake up to because it is Aranis and the North Node.
2: And that's what they both are, right? So Uranus is the awakener in some ways as an archetype. And the future is our natally, right? The North Node is where we're going. It's our future. So that's those combined energies.
1: Yeah. Whenever those
2: two things, regardless of sign, when those two things can meet up.
1: And very momentous. I know that astrology is aware that there's change of consciousness with astrology. It's something that I suppose when you're in the wake of it, we're not quite, well, we can surmise. I know that there's quite a few ideas like dwarf planets that are just beginning to get really studied and listened to. And it seems to me with the galactic center, having seen, not the galactic center, pardon me, the dark, uh, the black hole, having seen it, I wonder really how that's changing our consciousness, but those are things that kind of open up. So at any rate there's lots of patterns. And mm-hmm, yeah, I ahead. mean
2: I think we see that in in our field in astrology with even just the different ways that it's showing up and whether that's in more mainstream society, right? That there's certain elements, certain not in an astrological sense of elements, but um parts of astrology that are showing up in mundane ways in more generalized ways that is sort of a throwback to like 50 years ago, right? With the seventies surge of astrology and seeing that to happen again now. Um, and so that's part of maybe some of this awakening that's happening. Oh, and, yes. um, And there's a, a, and some of what I see to be different is there really is a commodity aspect of astrology that we haven't seen Mm. before, right? The number of products that are being, that have astrological symbols that are being associated with different signs. You know, it's, I, to my view anyway, it seems like there's a big surge of that.
1: It is interesting. We have here in about Kylo
2: that, I was just mm-hmm. in terms of the commodity, it being in Taurus, which governs
1: those things. Oh, yes. Material. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Form. It would be. Yeah, that's very true. For instance, I know that some astrologers wear a lot of great uh, planetary objects on their uh, shirts Rick Levine, for instance, is, has this as a signature, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I happen to be at Walmart because in Kailua, Kona, we're not that big, and it, it, that's one of the stores where one purchases a few needs. And there I saw a pair of you know, leggings, short leggings, they weren't long ones, with stars and planets and everything all over it. So, of course, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs <laughs> at least something that has planets on it. Well, very good. This conjunction actually started. Maybe we should show a few charts here. Here we are. And we have, well, it started on the 31st, this conjunction. The July. exact conjunction,
2: yeah. I mean, it was yeah. an orb for a good long while. Um, yeah. But the exact conjunction, yes.
1: And we could bring it a-, a week ago. And I know Leslie isn't with us, but we were thinking of bringing up the Sabian symbol. Mm-hmm. Always gets, for the audience's sake, rounded off. This is a symbolic symbol on mystical terms that Elsie Wheeler 1925 with Dane Rudhart created. And then and, since and then. then Mark
2: Edmund Jones. And then Rudhart oh, yes. on
1: that. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Got it. So this one is with Dane Rudhart that he's, and I haven't checked, I have Mark Edmund Jones, but it's a new continent rising out of the ocean. So it's this potentiality, but it's clearing the mind and finding out what's there. Talk about the future. It's really, uh, even without being connected with with Uranus, pretty.
2: Right. Early. So this is just the Taurus degree, right? And so that earth that's Taurus and this birthing of that, right? In some ways, and you can also see because you always round up, right? Mm-hmm. With any Sabian symbol, so even if it's eight degree, eighteen degrees one minute, you'd still be looking at nineteen degrees. Um, Correct. And so, Although, but it's also the end of the decan, right? So it's part of that completion of those second ten degrees of the sign.
1: Yes, so that's, that's very part true. Of too.
2: This I think that rising out is this, like, oh, it's giving birth to something before you're in the last ten degrees of the sign. Maybe and, and part it, of
1: that meaning, and it's very hopeful. In other words, with everything going on and all the changes that really push us into the unknown, as we've talked about over Talk Cosmos with various aspects, there's still with this particular conjunction, which is considered so important for astrology and for connecting the as we've said the the the, it's showing potentiality i think this mm-hmm. is really amazing well let's see what the chart here we have the first conjunction which is on, as we have said the 31st which was what a good week ago just a so week it's, ago mm-hmm. on it sunday
2: it's exactly a week ago
1: yeah, that's right it was on the last talk cosmos show so but here today we have still this is today is still conjunct at 18 degrees the minutes are slightly off but there it is it's still at 18 degrees and mars is still connected because the next day mars was conjunct with all of it and showing and this is for folks back in on the east coast because it's representing the whole country um, yeah, so Mars was
2: is still very much in orb, right? It's only been a week. and um, And so that's part of this intensity, this buildup of energy that we've been experiencing. and I think lending some passion to this piece. I think that perhaps politically some of what we saw with this was the results in Kansas um, that happened on Tuesday. Um, which is the first state ever to vote on abortion. Every law that's ever been passed on abortion was not done by the people. It Mm. was done by the electoral, right, by the state or federal government, but not by the individual citizens. And it overwhelmingly, abortion is kept safe and legal in Kansas. Um, Isn't Uh, On Tuesday, they held the election and it was like, yeah, they called it by like 10. So the polls, you know, like 10 at night, they knew it was an absolute, absolutely going to, it was going to be a, um, the vote was whether or not to change the Kansas constitution. And it was defeated.
1: Oh my goodness. That's a very powerful message. I happened to have to fly to Honolulu that day. So we missed we miss some of the news. That um, is- and so
2: I think that's, you know, two days, a day, just as this conjunction's happening. Um, and that it was, that the results now are, there's talking about a lot of ripple effect of that and lots of Republicans changing their tone around abortion because of seeing what happened in Kansas and afraid that if they keep up their rhetoric, it will lose them the election.
1: Well, that is it, Look at the sun, too. The sun up there in the eighth house is in Leo, right in the middle at that world point. Of you know, it could go either and it's squaring, as we say in astrology, in intention, wanting a resolution with that Taurus conjunction that's still in effect. Mm-hmm. So that's a result of, we could say, the ego of deep committed um, values.
2: Yeah, and I think there's such a a tip archetypal feminine quality to Taurus. It's Mother Earth of all the Earth signs. Taurus is the most archetypally Mother Earth, um, and that feminine energy of creation and. Yeah. And what's, and the, how that is handled or understood and, and the, yeah, I, I think that that might be part of this, right? And, um, yeah, I, I think that the sun piece adds some power to it all, right? The square makes it an unavoidable issue. Right, I mean that's so, what squares are. Squares aren't good or bad. They get a no. bad rap. Right, they're they just often, energy. Yes, but it, it's unavoidable. It isn't good or bad. There's no value to the square. It's simply unavoidable, which makes them often unpleasant. But they're not necessarily
1: good or well, bad. It's unpleasant when we when we need to change things. When it's we don't, amazing. when we resist, right? Yes, when we resist, and it persist. is. And it is in fixed sign. so you're bringing up a good point that for this particular energetic square, as we'd call it, it would come up with a lot of fixed ideas, and it has. It's resulting in it. But the mm-hmm. sun is often thought of as our ego or the total. So in this case, and interestingly, you we could add the moon into like a, um, well, anyway, yeah, that's today, a little but, different. But no. a few
2: days ago, well, it's not today. It's in Sag, but. 3 days ago it what during that result it may have or it would have been in libra or scorpio tuesday but if it's halfway through wait we're talking friday it was in scorpio thursday friday probably the moon was in scorpio so it would have been squaring that as well
1: yeah and i was thinking it, it's a public it could be looked at as the public or it could be looked at as as that feminine also. Shall we see what is the next, what do I have for the next? Oh, this is.
2: So the last, what I found, and we have a slide that give people dates later if we, but.
1: Did I do that um, now? No, let's. Here it is.
2: Okay. So when this was conjunction was coming up, just out of curiosity, I decided to look through and see if I could find a Uranus North node in Taurus conjunction with Mars previously, or when was that happening? When did that happen most recently? And I had to go all the way back to 156 BCE. So before, you know, before common era. Um, And to find Mars with an orb, <laughs> I've, I've not found it. I went back many 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 more years could not find it in an exact conjunction but to even find it in orb i had to go back more than two millennia um and in the process of trying to find this alignment again previously um i uncovered a pattern that i still don't fully understand the math of but that every conjunction between Uranus and the North node in Taurus. So these dates are specifically with it in Taurus have occurred at one of two degrees and they go back and forth. So for the last two millennia, they have every conjunction of Uranus and the North node in Taurus has been at 18 or 13 degrees. And it, it just toggles back and forth um, all the way into before, to BC. Um, And you still get the 13 degree all the way to um, 1161 BCE, right? So you have to go before that 13 degree, which was the most recent one um, in the 1800s, goes back a whole extra um, millennia. It's 3000 years of a pattern.
1: Oh, with thirteen degrees, With yes. the thirteen
2: degrees. The eighteen just, ended a little sooner, which is the one that we have the um, that we're really sort of at in six fifty nine. It it technically three twenty four, but it was at seventeen degrees fifty eight minutes. So it's so close that it's possible that it's at that eight. I mean, we're talking two minutes different. Um. Um, And so that was just sort of, I accidentally started discovering this pattern. And so the chart that Sue's has, if you want to go back to it, is the most recent time that there was this Uranus north node conjunction. um, And you don't have the exact date in there, but um, at 18 degrees.
1: Oh, did I put, no, I have July 5th. Oh, you know what this is? Sorry about this because uh, I had a lot of slides, I am taking up the, the. you're absolutely right, the Isaac Newton, I'm sort of jumping to the uh, punchline here, Isaac Newton just on July 5th, which was about three weeks before that conjunction. So I have this title, Last Conjunction, isn't accurate for this chart. But the event that's so important, looking back three, all those years to the last 18 degrees is the fact that Newton supported Kepler's mathematical uh, theory. And yeah. With, so this,
2: the month that this, because the conjunction happened in July 1687. 20 it
1: was the 21st. Yeah, I think it was the 21st. I'm so sorry it, I did that. And um, in that
2: month is when Isaac Newton published his, of a a, his works that p- improved the math that Kepler had hypothesized around the elliptical orbit of planets, yeah, which it was revolutionized July- how we understand the universe. Um, so it's interesting timing as a parallel to that, or a repeated pattern of all of these images that we're getting from the new telescope, right. That is in those weeks leading into this conjunction we're visually seeing the cosmos in a way that we have never seen it before. Um, And the last time this conjunction was at 18 degrees is when we understood mathematically the cosmos in a way that we'd never understood it before.
1: I love that association. Thank you, Laura, Dr. Tad. That is beautiful. It is so true. The fact that, The theory, it had to be a theory because science has its technology of, you know, theorems and then proofs and et cetera. But the theory that the universe began at what it was for, I mean, billions of years ago, and then to discover rocks or sea before that changes the whole concept Mm -hmm. of how of of the beginning on those terms yeah and And it it will
2: be interesting in the coming years really because this is sort of setting a a seed planting a seed we don't no one alive will be here for another uranus north node and taurus conjunction so if you go back to the dates it's over you know i have the next one not the next one at 18 but the Right. So this conjunction. Uh, there should be a space. Uh, so it's uh, March 18th, 2190. Yeah, I 2, have 1190. Yeah. Right. Is the next time there is a Uranus north node conjunction in Taurus. So no one on the planet will be around for the next one. No. Um, and so thinking about what's going to happen, how will our understanding of the cosmos shift um in these coming even in the next decade with this new knowledge of the images we have how much the world's understanding of the earth changed i mean we it's in an earth sign it's the sign that is mother earth again as i was saying so our understanding of the cosmos changes our understanding of planet earth
1: let's look at uranus which is also going to go retrograde and it's still at 18 degrees. This time it's 1855 degrees. And it's it's now, move, you know, the north node for people moves retrograde. So it starts at 29 degrees and then it moves to zero as it goes in, uh, in the primary motion, which anyway, around... So it'll go from yeah, Taurus go to Aries. Yeah, are almost
2: always retrograde.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so here, but it's still, so at this point, at 18, it's going to go retrograde, which will have a great deal of our rethinking. or It's not just thinking, is because it's Uranus, of resupposing our v- visions or our outside of the box or how we determine our... our Actually, with Uranus, you wonder, with a retrograde, how does that work? Well, I mean, that idea
2: that retrogrades are more internal. I mean, the outer planets go retrograde for such long periods of time that yes, they're very different than the personal planets in that way that are a couple weeks or a month, right, that's retrograde as opposed to half the year, <laughs> um, which is what we get with a lot of the outer planets, Um but i think that that part of what happens and you were talking about this earlier so it's like so the point of the conjunction of the uranus north node mars conjunction gets revisited by uranus at any rate the nodes moved on mars has moved on but uranus is going to revisit that and so it can trigger that point it can be sort of um like it 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 spotlights that point again with that Uranian energy that's about innovation and the cutting edge and deconstructing the old, right? It's all about what needs to be broken apart so that something things fall apart, but so that the new can be birthed, right? It's very much sort of the phoenix rising from the ashes and um, so that point getting revisited. the
1: continent rising the continent.
2: Yeah. Yes. And that, so, you know, it goes retrograde in August, that the point of the conjunction then will be revisited probably, but September, um, will be, via. no.
1: It, it'll be actually revisited in May. No, that's the direct. Oh, okay. But which are, which is your question? I'm sorry.
2: It just needs to get a couple of minutes retrograde. To get the exact conjunction that just happened, yes, at eighteen. What was the minutes?
1: Eighteen forty one.
2: Right. So you're is oh, getting oh, back ten minutes.
1: Oh, um, I see. Oh yes, yes indeed. Because yes, okay. Well, I could check the ephemeris for that. Actually, find out exactly. Um, when but when it I mean, was. we're
2: it's still an orb. We're talking minutes of of an orb. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, eighteen forty-one. Oh, okay. Well, here it shows August first, but that's yeah. So that's, oh, that's past. <laughs> you know, I work with so many dates. All of a sudden, it's like I would. Yeah.
2: Well, know we. That. I think. Do we need to take a break and maybe we'll find that exact date? and come back. Yeah.
1: Well, we could do that. Actually, it's not. We. Yeah, that's a point. But we could talk just for a few seconds about. Um, this whole idea of the retrograde, because as I was thinking, I was tr- trying to relate because I'm very much aware of the re internalization. It's true. But with Iran, I suddenly realized, well, suddenly that's the code word. Things happen to us in a very unexpected manner because it is. Shifting us to some authenticity of our whole nature, but then I began realizing it's also outside of the box. It's a visionary thing, and that's what we can also discuss when we come back. Is how it is in our own charts, because I am really burgeoning—might be one word, but but exploring or venturing out into other uh, realms of thought. And I, so I am looking forward to seeing what Aronis might help share, you know, as far as just spurts of inspiration or, uh, you know, or groundedness too, because it isn't TARS. Thank you. We're not just floating up in the sky. Yeah. So it'll, yeah. Okay. Well, unless you had a thought here to round us off, we I can. I think, yeah, I think. Okay. We'll then we we'll yes. be right back. Okay. <laughs> yes, folks, this is Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan. I'm with Dr. Laura Tad, And we're talking about uh, the future, uh, awakening the future with Uranus and the North Node in Taurus. So when you come back, if you have any questions, please write them in and chat and we will be our call and we'll be glad to address them. We'd love to learn what you're thinking about. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Leo, ruled by the solar sun. Having departed from a cycle based on the internal process of emotional attachments requiring security and safety, the energy of Leo externally manifests our legacy through children and artistic creations. As a fixed Yang fire sign that desires to ignite actualization, Leo the lion takes the risk to generously exhibit love and welcome all to share their stage with joyous pleasure for living life.
3: Most people go through the motions of living but are actually only existing. At some point, when the feeling of exhaustion or emptiness is loud enough, questions begin to arise. How do I begin to find my way back to myself? Who am I? How do I heal? These questions are crossroad points in a person's life. Come reset, relax, and rejuvenate to your best self on August 23rd and 24th. Start your journey of healing at this two-day virtual event focused on working with fear. Immerse yourself in meditation, color therapy, astrology, and much more. Presented by Padma Life Coaching with Marie O'Neill. You will receive items to support your energetic journey. Our practitioners are waiting to work with you. To learn more and to register, go to virtualhealingretreat.eventbrite.com. Don't wait, register now. This
2: is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at angelicclarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's best bioenergetic synchronization technique, neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen reset, and energy code Sunday. Dr. Nils Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen join me in the studio. They'll take your phone calls and can help you or your animal friends with behavior, emotional, or physical problems. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, A.M. 1150.
0: Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show.
2: Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com.
1: Hi, Laura. We're back again. And you know what? I have it highlighted in my ephemeris. That date happens to be September 18th. But you, and so it's not that far away as far as the exact moment of 1841, which was the actual conjunction. So that'd be like a good month away. But you know, let's go back to there's so much to say here. I was, there's a couple of thoughts that I know you would be, um, can bring up too. One is the ruler is Venus. So we've been talking about Mars, but Venus is the real, uh, so important. And Venus is going to, it's not quite in this talk, but it is, is going to change her Venus star point on October 22nd. Um, It's going to go into Libra, which is a big change because this point is a hundred year cycle And it's been in Scorpio. So that energy, one of five points that's going to be the backdrop, you could say, of Venus in its with the sun as a as an energy. And it has there's a whole psychology, or not psychology, there's a whole system of understanding the Venus star points. Because when it's happening, it lasts for nine months. (coughs) Thank you. Oh gosh. We have company here. Anyway, so in other words, the Venus is going to, it's no longer going to be Scorpio of the rebirth. It'll be more the partnership and the beauty and everything that Venus is. But looking also for your feedback here, I was looking more at that book that Isaac Newton in 1687, which is... Like they say, it's probably the single most influential book on physics and possibly all of science. And just to bring up to people that you know, when the apple fell from the tree and that whole gravitational uh, science knowledge that Newton brought up, but the laws of force, non-resisting, and of in it he could tell about the irregularities in the motion of the moon and the tides the procession of the equinoxes, it was a huge uh, event.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's what showing the math of it, the way that he did is it's hard. You can't sort of understate how radical and life altering or globally altering, at least what the Europeans knew to be the world, um, European, the, uh, you know, for Europe, how life-altering, culturally-altering it was because the people before him, that many of the people before him that hypothesized these theories but didn't have the math to back it up were ridiculed, were imprisoned, were, right? Galileo predicted all this stuff and hypothesized all this stuff and he's imprisoned for it just a hundred years or so before um so it's it's really you can't understate how powerful that that the publishing of that book was and the the ripple effect of it and so we're still in that energy right that um That because it just happened. And so who knows what's going to be the domino effect of the stuff that's coming to light and coming to bear right now that we don't even, we may not live to see. I mean, he didn't live to see the, you know, real fruits of his labor, right? He, he didn't live to see, you know, the, you know, moon landing or the discovery of some of the outer planets they were after he passed right so yes but all of that's based on the math that he was able to refine yeah and Um, I
1: guess thank you absolutely and here I have a little list and then is how the planets are kept in orbit by the pull of the Sun's gravity how the moon revolves around Earth and the moons of Jupiter revolve around it how the comets revolve in elliptical orbits around the sun. And it calculates the mass of each planet. I mean, like you say, these things were dream stories, fairy tales. But it occurred. So we are really entering into a whole new vista that's outside our box. And it calculated the flattening of the Earth at the poles and the bulge at the equator. And also how the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon created the Earth's tide. So thank you. I really thank you for doing that chart. And also for, I know we'll get comments we get comments, especially about the things you research. People go, I'm so glad to find that out. So well,
2: I really- think too, it's interesting just in it being an earth sign when Uranus is so much about breaking everything up and deconstructing everything. And yet earth concretizes. Right. Everything in the earth is all the earth signs are about concretizing things, making them concrete, creating form to them. And yet Mm -hmm. here we have the, you know, sort of blowing up a form and yet it's in a sign that creates form. And that might be part of how why it was so revolutionary was it was concretizing. It was proving concretely things that had just been dreams, things that had just been theory.
1: Ah, oh, well, it does bring in that concept of 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 be, the energetic spirit into matter, as we might say, or the yeah. concept and the a lot into that whole realm of of well, whether it's Kabbalah you study or whether it's anything on those terms, but also just um, just looking at mythology too, mm-hmm. that the heavens of the and, and Gaia, the earth. So yes. Yeah.
2: And it's interesting, you know, just looking at this chart to make note that while it's not, it is the location of Neptune.
1: Oh.
2: In Pisces.
1: Oh yes, exactly. Degrees. Same as ours. Yes. In yeah, Pisces, so it's not the ours. same
2: degree that we're experiencing right now, but again, we're talking about like a 300, you know, we're talking 300 years ago so um 335 i think was the pattern yes. that i found from 18 to 18 18 to 18 kept being that same same number of years between the same degree um so we're getting two things repeating right we're getting this and it, you know at least for that mm-hmm. particular conjunction, we're getting it with Chiron and the moon which we don't have now but we do have Neptune, which is also that very big vision, right? Uranus is big picture, Neptune's big picture, um, and it's it, it. I didn't look closely enough to see how Neptune was involved mathematically with these other conjunctions, but it's an interesting thing to look at that that is paralleling things today um, in terms of that bigger vision that they both Uranus and Neptune govern in different ways.
1: Yes, yes. I am thinking that, yes, Neptune dissolves too, doesn't it? it, it and dissolves. Leo. Oh, again. Is yeah, but it was in Pisces. Let's talk about where it is in our own charts. I know, let's see. So we're talking about Taurus, 18 degrees. Mm-hmm. my eighth house and it's approach. well, um, the Mars, the, the they're kind of going in different directions, right? Because the North Node is ret- retreating, you could say, down to zero, and your, Uranus will slowly be going moving forward because I have Mars at twenty seven degrees Taurus, but that's still a little bit of a distance. It's 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 activating in a mm-hmm. kind of the waters, right? The waters, but not quite. But I am so eighth house of Uh, relationships i am actually doing a few i have a workshop coming up that i am presenting for with marie o'neill's virtual online on the 23rd and 24th that'll be working with fear and i'm going to do a not an astrology but more of a color uh color um energy
2: Mm -hmm. well that's it i mean because eighth house governs fear in a lot of ways. So that's an interesting parallel for you with that of revolutionizing your relationship with fear when it's eighth house focused.
1: I have been quite amazed how many, as I review things like exactly with that thinking, how it does fear isn't just, Oh, this one conscious thing, but it works into so many unknowns. Mm -hmm. It's really true. But then also, I would guess because it is exchange, so I'm getting a little you know, monetary. A little, it's on a more of a professional level, mm-hmm. and also working as a teacher assistant with Alan Clay for his Sedna class. He does the dwarf planets, mm. and I've been taking those now for a couple of years. We're actually working with Varuna, and Varuna, come to think of it, is in that eighth house of mine too. Varuna is. Just had our first class, a dwarf planet that rules nobility. It's related to Saturn, but without the uh, right and wrong, without the morality of judgment. But it is on that idea that through work you gain notability. And it's a a god from, uh, a deity from India. So it's about justice and law. Mm-hmm. So there's I'm just learning about it. I haven't yet done a, quite a bit about it. Hmm. I'm thinking, so there are, but then also it's about the occult. So I've really been deeply thinking about a book, and which is still evolving because these ideas, they take time to dig down. And it all works with it to figure out how, why we are as we are. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: yeah, well so for me it falls in my sixth. Um pretty much conjunct my Jupiter at 20 Taurus. Um right, so it's right there. Um and then trying my sun at 17 Virgo. Um so it's pretty personally impactful in that way, right? That it's it's conjunct two parts of my chart and Jupiter rules my chart because I have a Sag rising and then I'm a Cancer. So sort of my ruling planets as a Cancer and a Sag rising are being directly aspected within, you know, a degree or two of that, of the conjunction that happened last weekend. And, you know, I think that there's it's interesting because of course, with the nodes that are about the future, it's also about the past because the South Node mm. is in Scorpio. Um, and so I've recently reconnected with a very old friend who I, we've stayed in touch a little bit in the last few years and some over Facebook and have talked maybe like three times in the last 25 years. Oh. And I saw her for the first time since 98 <laughs> last week. Um, And we hung out for like a week for the, you know, literally since we were children, basically. I mean, we were like 22 the last time we spent time together. And so I think that that's also stuff from the past that comes into the future and how to, and now we're talking about collaborating professionally because she does really amazing healing work um, and runs retreats in Nicaragua. And so here's this stuff from my past coming into my future that maybe Tori and Money creating something Mm -hmm. Um, and some of that too, of Taurus trust where it's like, right, we hadn't really seen each other in more than 20 years. And yet like we were roommates when we were young. And so there's this really deeply embedded trust in each other because of that and knowledge of each other in some ways, because when you're roommates with somebody, it's not just like being a, a acquaintance or a friend even, or a colleague, you know, people sort of in a different way when you've lived with them. And so I think that might be part of part of this for me is that sixth house everyday life, and um, and how that might be manifesting with Jupiter sort of really expanding some opportunity, and I have that showing up in a couple different ways of new collaborative projects.
1: Um, That's really powerful, and it does show, Nathan. I think we can take this down for a moment. This this uh, thanks that that really shows powerfully how Uranus just comes in and unsettles things, but yeah. yet you're ready for it. And so it's like pushing really towards some authenticity. And you're absolutely right. When you have that familiarity, that groundedness of a friend yeah. that you've known to that depth, you don't question yeah, where they get up and they move or they do something or however it is. It's a innate yeah.
2: Um, and so I think to yeah, just that sixth house of thinking, okay, how am I revolutionizing my daily life? Right. What might, how is my schedule changing? Right. Could be part of that. Um, and, yes. um, and then I think the trying to the moon, you know, maybe to or just cause my moon's in the ninth. So what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, what I'm teaching, what I, the different bodies of knowledge that I pull from that I create my own thing because it's Uranus, right? Well, a new
1: story, a new story of belief system that you can teach that you can vocalize in ninth house because I have a lot of ninth house. I've always
2: cherry picked things. I, that's just my personality. (laughs) Um, And so maybe it's using all of this sort of piles of notes and books and things that I have that are from different Mm -hmm. schools of thought or different disciplines and bringing them together, and that may be part of how that the trine to the moon in the ninth ends up manifesting.
1: That's very powerful. Well, thank you. I hope we share this because each of us, to, to show how it applies, that these are not abstract, that your everyday life somehow, it's like the climate that we're within, like rays of, of energy, and how we interpret it will be our own process whether we accept whether we reject or all our choices that we make it's really true
2: yeah and just thinking about for yourself or anybody listening so thinking about where is it if you know your chart well enough to know where it lands in your own chart okay how might that be manifesting and even if you're relatively new to astrology this is some of the best way to learn it is your chart and the charts of your friends and seeing how these abstract concepts that get a lot of adjectives thrown at them to describe them actually, are yeah. manifest in a human being and in a life. Um,
1: and we, and it's a long segment, so you can go back from all of August, from like the thirty first, the first of, I mean, thirty first July. July. All yeah, all of August into July. September. Yeah, oh, well, July. and July too with well, the yeah, July. July. That's true. That's true. The thirty first and then into september so we're really like in a breeding grounds of of input and um, people requesting and interacting and i think too just because some people feel
2: you know uranus can be destabilizing right it does have Mm. that energy but what i often tell clients is you know and you know this Sue, living by the ocean it's like if there's a riptide you don't swim against it. That is not the way that you get to shore <laughs> is, you know, you swim sideways, which is how Uranus spins, right? Uranus oh. spins sideways. So Uranus is very much can be a riptide, but the way you navigate that is going sideways is going at an angle.
1: And, and, and even Venus too, with Venus that rules it is also going, it's not on its side, but it revolves backwards. I mean, it it's, and so there too.
2: is like, so if you're feeling the destabilizing energy of Uranus, leaning into that actually is how you find stabilization. Mm. Right? What is it breaking? What is ending? What is falling apart? What is breaking up? And if you're frantically trying to piece things back together, you don't, you probably can't move quick enough or have enough hands. You're not Lakshmi. Right. <laughs> so, um, seeing, okay, maybe things are falling away because they're not serving you. Maybe things are falling away because you've completed them and it's making room and space for new opportunity, new experience, new people to show up. Yes, because... That uh, then is that concretizing energy of Taurus that stabilizes the new.
1: And awakening the future, I'm remembering it's all about the values. You know, that's one. the values with Taurus what is in making those choices really the, the 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 direction that's going to serve like you're saying things fall off but what's serving me my that i can contribute towards the voice of many you know it's not just my i mean it could e- immediately be for one's own needs because it can be very practical and we are in a time when the world is you know whether it's careers or whether it's prices or all kinds of things are affecting a person so but therefore it, those are all impetus to realize well what's really important how am i spending my time or and why do, you know, do i tell job? myself
2: why do i tell myself that something's important to me and that i value it do i really mm. or have i just told myself it's important to me so i'm in that samskara i'm in that rut
1: Comfortable. Um, It's comfortable. Yeah.
2: Or or I I told myself it's important. So I believe that it's important. And is it actually what I value or is it society telling me to value it?
1: Very important. That deconditioning. Thank you. That is because Saturn hasn't left us. Saturn is still there, the regulator of, of structure and conditioning. And it's in its new sign. It's actually being ruled by Uranus with this. So they're all collaborating somewhat, whether it's... Because one
2: of the big shadows of Taurus is loyalty to a fault, right? Mm. The dog who's being beat, who stays because it's loyal to its owner. That's Mm. one of the big shadows of Taurus is loyalty for loyalty's sake. And so that's part of what can be deconditioned, what can be let go of is where are you misappropriating your resources, your values, your loyalty, and assessing that. And it and it doesn't mean you become disloyal to people necessarily, but it means that you are loyal to those people that deserve it.
1: And not only that, perhaps by being loyal, you're not really being true to your own self. Well, that's it, part it, of loyalty. Yeah, loyalty or enabling important. something. And so it gets involved with all of that. So it is... Uh, This deconditioning into a new continent of unconscious energy before it's visualized, serving the future inventor. I remember you brought that up, the inventor. So we're like inventing. We're allowing ourselves to get inspired and go forth. We only have a few moments here. But it will be exciting because even with our next in a month, we're going to be still within this 18 degrees, I bet you. You know, when we come back with Planet Buzz, because sure, yeah. I know have-
2: it doesn't. Yeah. Well, Uranus will doesn't get back to the point of the conjunction till October. So yes, by September it'll still be there.
1: Yeah, we're meeting on the 16th, and so I'm thinking that with um, that, it's on the 18th that Uranus is actually going to hit that same degree, 1841, that's 41 minutes, that it had been at the conjunction back in July. So we're just in the middle of this. It's like we're still rowing our boat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: It's always wonderful. And next week will be Kaleidoscope Visions. We're going to have a mini transit chart reading with an individual who will be present that she can give her feedback about and that'll be about Jupiter because the big planets are out there. They're talking and they're talking with the inner planets, but it's a, um, gee, lots of good energies. So thank you.
2: Yes. Thanks for having me on again.
1: Yes. We'll see next month. What? Maybe a little insight. What has happened? Well, visit again okay
0: thank you for joining us on talk cosmos the show where sue rose minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology be sure to tune in next sunday at 1 p.m pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway